0: Hey, Desperate Housewives super fans! Welcome back. I'm Christy Gomez. I'm
1: Summer Moran, and this is We Know What You Did. It makes us sick.
0: We go. reg reg regularly scheduled programming
1: thank god
0: i'm back in my studio of the corner of my los angeles bedroom and it feels nice
1: yeah it's nice to see you back in a familiar space instead of the you know how ai will like take an image and expand it backwards and backwards and like keep going all the way out
0: yeah it's scary
1: yeah, so when you were in the Vermont guest bedroom, mm-hmm. I had to imagine what the rest of the picture looked like. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. <laughs> Now that you're back here, I I know what your apartment looks like and that's very comforting to me.
0: And you looked at that a lot while you were editing the 3-hour version of the Cody Cash episode that will it is ready, you guys, <laughs> and it will be on it's Patreon ready. soon. So please subscribe to the Patreon and A really fun video of us playing the Desperate Housewives board game will be up there soon.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited for everybody to see those videos. I think part of the problem is that uh, you and I were in college for four years and we didn't learn how to (laughs) upload videos to the internet. I
0: think this might solely be a you problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying it in that nice way. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i feel like if we weren't on opposite coasts and i could just come over i could maybe figure it out in three minutes um so so if
1: only i could get the video to you then you could get it uploaded
0: that's why i told you to go send your external hard drive in the mail
1: that's a crazy statement (laughs) That's a crazy request. Well,
0: what else are we going to do? Guys, help. If you want to um, work with us on the back end for free.
1: (laughs) If you have nothing else to do and you want a hobby. You want a hobby
0: that will not make you any money for a little bit of a while, but once we start making a lot of money, we'll pay you. Let us know.
1: Fun fact when Christy and I did our first web series together in college, we cast actors based on a deferred pay, and we told them <laughs> that as soon as we reached what was it, a hundred thousand views? I think it was ten
0: thousand. It was okay, even a as lot. soon as
1: we reached ten thousand views on any episode. <laughs> The actor would then be compensated a crisp twenty dollar bill. <laughs> Actually, I think it was more like forty, but I think it was uh, 40. still, that's that's just not how <laughs> like working professionally in show business now. It's like this is so <laughs> it's just not a thing. And we were so surprised
0: <laughs> when none of them would promote it. <laughs> Why don't they want to get paid?
1: <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> there was no incentive. <laughs> $40. No, because listen, listen, listen.
0: <laughs> I also have an actor I need to apologize for, for bullying him out of show business.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say his name on
0: the pod. I wouldn't either. He'll sue, but you know if he ever hates me and wants to know what i'm up to he probably has listened to the podcast um but listen i was 20 years old and i was drunk with power so i'm
1: sorry yeah you were (laughs) listen we were we were very we were both very young and listen forty dollars went a lot further back then than it does now. it did and that was
0: only like eight years ago
1: yeah do you think our casting is still up when it says 10,000 views for $40. <laughs> it certainly says expired, uh, but I do think that the archive is there since we did it on backstage.com. Wait,
0: imagine a 20-year-old telling <laughs> us right now, like, that you already we already signed up for this not paid gig, like, we're just doing it because we like the script, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, if you guys want to help us promote and we get 10,000 views, you get $40. <laughs> You but know, when we're in I... college $40 was a lot of money like that was so much money to me at that time
1: I defer to you yes yes I defer to you because you were the adult in that situation I it was <laughs> I was looking to you for a lot of guidance and then you know we learned something
0: <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot anyway other than our, that moment of desperation from eight years ago, um, what was your your moment of desperation this week, Summer?
1: Well, I'll tell you something, Shits. I haven't slept. And I think that is sort of what encompasses my moment of desperation. I feel like anybody who our has- The listeners are like, podcasts, we know. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're like, pick a new one. Um, when I got back from LA, it was actually a pretty easy trip back, but I almost immediately went to work. And so I had two straight days at work. And um, so I, I, I go to the school that I work at on Fridays. And for some reason, they're suddenly very organized, like everything has to be done a certain way. And the guy in charge is always like, hey, like you can't eat in the classrooms. Okay, fine. That's fine with me it is not fine with the kids. So they require snack, as I have previously Mm -hmm. explained on this podcast. And so now that it's been explicitly stated that they can't eat in the classrooms, I have to be very um, conspicuous in my allocation of snack. Mm -hmm. And so I, I brought little Chocolate Christmas cookies that were left over from Christmas that I did not eat, and I chopped How them up into old tiny little pieces. Were they,
0: were they stale? From...
1: The kids didn't seem to mind, I'll tell you I that. I can't
0: believe you're feeding these students stale <laughs>
1: Christmas cookies. Oh my God. Look, it's a Come snack. About food They're not, not terribly or picky. Something. And I also brought apple crisps, and the reason why is because my second class at this school when this one girl got picked up her mother turned to me and said oh she has a cavity starting so we're trying to keep her away from the sugar do you know how difficult that makes my life because i just default to bringing them candy and everybody's happy but this little kid with the cavity has no idea what's going on because she just keeps asking for more and more sugar oh brother so they get their apple crisps and I, um, I do an activity with them and then they were asking me to watch the movie and when I tell you at least eight of the 12 kids I had must have come up to me and said can you please put on the movie can you please put on the movie can you... okay fine I will I will satiate your hungry little brains with this movie and of course within the first 30 seconds of the movie being on the screen the guy that runs the program comes up and he's like hey you're not just like showing them the movie are you
0: What else are you supposed to do? Isn't this an after-school program?
1: Correct. And I was like, well, we just did our activity, and so I'm just throwing on a few minutes of the movie. They will not stop begging me to watch it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, just, like, don't show them the whole movie. You don't want the parents complaining that they're not doing anything and they're just watching a movie. What's wrong with that? I've been doing this for a year. Yeah. (laughs) With no issues.
0: What movie was uh,
1: it? Sorcerer's Stone, the first one. So it really should not have been, uh, such an issue. Yeah. Alas, it, it seemed like it was. And, um, (laughs) and this all culminated in dismissal and the kids had made wands and dragon eggs and things like that. So the one little girl had made her wand and I thought she did a pretty good job with it. (sighs) She's the last one to get picked up. And her mom looks at the wand and then she turns to me and goes, It looks like a dick. (laughs) What was I supposed to say to that? So I just told her far be it from me to squash your child's creativity. And you ought to know that her first iteration of the wand looked much more phallic than the current iteration. So.
0: Well, that girl has a big future ahead of her.
1: uh, And she's not gonna be in class next week. So I don't have to deal with the mother. But I, I was a little concerned because it's not, look, it's an inherently it's an activity that that, you know, kids are just putting clay on a chopstick. There's every chance it's gonna look phallic, like right. But I'm also not saying that to them. Like, how weird would that be? Hey, yeah, they that looks know. inappropriate. They have no idea they're just making a little wand to wave around so when the mother said that i was extremely put off and i really i considered that my moment of desperation above everything else this week and of course uh from there on out i didn't sleep for days
0: nice because of the mother yeah okay
1: because of everything it was the pressure of that job and just Every time my head hits the pillow, the, the thoughts start racing, and uh, it's like I, I see the kids' faces in my mind when I close my eyes, and
0: That's really I don't scary. like that at all. Yeah, you need to quit this yeah, job, I fear. Yeah.
1: I would like to, uh, as soon as I get something lined up. If anybody is hiring in the film and television industry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But seriously, if anybody's, if anybody's hiring... <laughs> If anybody's hiring in literally literally any field at all, um, I'm willing to learn a new trade. (laughs) Please get me out of here. Thank you.
0: I'm sorry. I just got flashbacks to like 2019 and all the times I went, if anybody is hiring in the film and (laughs) television industry, please let me
1: know. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, what about you? What was your moment of desperation this week? (sighs)
0: So many to choose from, but... I will give the listeners probably the most exciting one because they haven't heard about the Jonas Brothers for a
1: few weeks. So (laughs) Shocking.
0: (laughs) I'll give them something. So my friend Joe Jonas does this thing called Cup of Joe. He does these DJ sets. And no offense, but Joe, if you're listening, you pick really bad music. I'm just going to say that. Um, But anyway – and i for some reason was told it was in long beach and they're also private events like you just you can't get in so i was like whatever then my friend ended up being in charge of the guest list so she texted me it was on wednesday so she texted me tuesday morning do you want to go to this because it was in la and i said no i'm okay like (laughs) i'm I'm good i'm fine (laughs) i was like i really don't want to um i don't want to go to long beach like i'm good and she was like okay whatever and then hours later she goes wait why did you think it's in Long Beach? It's in Glendale. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I'm not too far from Glendale. So I said, okay, like – oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I was like, okay, maybe I could do that. I, don't, I didn't really care either way. Like it was on a Wednesday night, whatever. Then Wednesday morning I wake up. And I don't know if it was because I – Like right when I got back to LA, you came and I just, I didn't really have like a moment to rest, but my body and my mind were shot. I even went to a a 7am training mate class and the whole, I walked there and the entire time I was just like, like physically I was fine, but like my eyes felt heavy. And I was like, I just want to be laying down right now. And then I was like, okay, maybe I need to have a hefty breakfast. So I got like a, I treated myself to an air one breakfast burrito didn't help. I was, and there, there was not a, there was no sun in the sky too. So that also affected me. So I was having a day where I was literally just laying, didn't turn on my TV, worked when I had to, but I was just laying. I was, I, I was just like a vegetable, but there were some factors in which all of a sudden I was like. I have to go to Cup of Joe tonight out of principle. I didn't want to, but I had to at this point. So I texted my friend, okay, I have to go now, put me on the list. So she puts me on the list (laughs) and um, I drag myself out of bed at around 8 p.m. to get ready. And once I had real clothes on and I looked good, I was like, all right, I'm on, let's go. So go to Cup of Joe, I, I'm i in, whatever. Um, and again, if it wasn't Joe Jonas standing there DJing and Nick just wandering around, I would have really wanted to go home because my full history of the Jonas Brothers, it will be on no. the Patreon, you guys. That's,
1: that's a four and a half hour video coming. <laughs> that is a
0: four and a half hour video if you want to know everything. Um, but it's just really, really funny to me when, like, he walks into these private events and the first person he sees is me every single time. And, like, sometimes we don't have to speak. Like, we didn't speak the other night because it was just loud and I I'm, I don't need to talk to him. But, but yeah, because it was, like, loud in there. It was stuffy. I didn't really realize how much I had been drinking. Hopefully my mom doesn't listen.
1: <laughs> you never do.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. But then there was a point... And I was just like, I had it in my hand and then some, the universe slapped it out of my hand. And thank God, because did I- Did the glass break? Sure did. Spilled all over my pant, but the stain came out. The stain came out. Um, what was it? Yeah. Tequila?
1: Yeah. <laughs> One tequila please. <laughs> One tequila piece.
0: Um But yeah, that was my moment of desperation was being at Cup of Joe
1: How did the night end? You don't remember.
0: (laughs) Oh, it was interesting. I'll have to tell you off camera (laughs) because it's not my my beef to tell. Oh, no. All right. This episode is called You Could Drive a Person Crazy. You could drive a person crazy 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 so crazy. we start out what did i say crazy okay we start out with danny farrell the paper boy who sure do. all the women in wisteria lane hate and he's just driving around on his little bike throwing his papers and everybody's really upset with him and they all have beef with him
1: this is not a difficult job get it together danny you
0: think you could do better
1: (laughs) no so danny's doing his terrible paper route and susan susan notices carl come out of edie's house to retrieve the paper so susan storms over there and uh you know obviously edie's house is is perfectly completely rebuilt as if it had never burnt down in the first place and um Susan is furious and she tries to forbid Carl a grown man from pursuing a relationship with Edie
0: yeah I'm really just stuck on the house like I couldn't really (laughs) I couldn't really focus on anything else in the scene
1: yeah and
0: um Carl doesn't care he's like Okay, well, I'm gonna do whatever I want, and then she's fuming, mad, and then at the same time, Danny harasses her for being behind on her payments. Right. So she throws the paper at him and gets stuck in his wheel, and he flies off of his bike. And Ida just giggles; she's watching, and she's just yep. like, hmm. "It's that's crazy. That's a child from
1: Ida. I know. Yeah,
0: but he's a bad child, I guess." anyway
1: anyway in the next scene we are inside the scavo residence and the dishes are not done uh they're stacking up and tom tom's trying to convince lynette that he has a system here my note says that tom likes living in filth because tom says that every two days after all the dishes have stacked up that's when he decides to wash them and get everything clean and lynette's like so why when i come home from work does it still look like this? And he was like, well, you know, they just they, they make a mess by the time you get home again. So, my Tom note, likes living in filth.
0: My note was that this house looks exactly the same as it always has. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not really understanding. And Lynette's like, when you would come home, it would just be clutter. It wouldn't be dirty. And then there was right. like gross plates. But still, to me, I didn't see a change in how right. it looked when Lynette was in control of the household. So, Interesting. Um, then we get to um, uh, Bree and Phyllis, and Phyllis is so annoying. And they get in line for like the suit store or something. And she goes, why, why, "Why are they taking so long? Can't they see we're grieving?" And Bree's like, "We've been here for two minutes."
1: Yeah, she has major anxiety, and that's coming from somebody with major anxiety. So he has a lot of issues. It was like, this lady needs to relax. And she keeps
0: making a spectacle and telling everybody about um, her son dying and everything. And it's just a lot. And
1: Brie is like, oh, stop. She is just reveling in the sympathy. She really mm-hmm. loves it. She soaks it all up.
0: I would have really liked to see then we her get- and Rex interact.
1: Yeah. I feel like... Because that that would have showed us whether it was, like, a thing where he liked to subvert Brie or if he just genuinely hated women all the way around.
0: Exactly. I would have, I think they should have brought her in a lot earlier before he died. Um, just to see that dynamic first. Because, I don't know, I feel very disconnected from Phyllis.
1: Sure. Then we see Carlos and Gabby at the jail. <laughs> and... <sighs> I noticed something this is not a huge deal but the shots are not consistent so there's one shot where i guess it's um carlos is over the shoulder and gabby has her arms folded across her chest Mm -hmm. and then her over the shoulder they're not like that and so it was just interesting to see that that was a little inconsistent
0: oh really i didn't notice that because i was too busy focusing on carlos being still abusive with money to gabrielle and he's making her go to the the um jail every week so he can sign checks for her she's like why can't you just sign this over to me and he goes no because you had an affair so he's financially controlling her yet again from prison it's what he does yes and then they just insult each other and kiss each other goodbye
1: they are so toxic
0: so toxic but i like when Gabby's toxic back to him because then it kind of just evens the playing field a little bit yeah no you're right it's like okay if they're both terrible then it cancels it out and then they're a perfect couple
1: on a slightly less toxic note the next scene shows Susan and Julie and Susan cannot believe that Julie already knows that Carl and Edie have been going out and Julie's like yeah they've been together for months
0: (laughs) she says specifically since her birthday party at the piano bar which right. was canonically six months ago. um, So you're telling me that entire house was built in six months when in fact we saw it as a lot <laughs> for a majority of that? Pl- somebody, ha- like, how are they not addressing this? And it looks exactly the same from pre- pre-burn i really like for this entire storyline i can only think about this house you guys i'm sorry
1: yeah no absolutely and look it's a stunning house but how did it get there <laughs> how, how did it get there did the contractor
0: do it was so how if they've been together this long it's like edie was still going out with other people and they had that whole fight over that contractor guy Yes. so were yes. they just not serious until now like what's the deal because this doesn't
1: This doesn't really add up. Once again, we are faced with Mark Mark Cherry Math. Math. That's merch right there. Mark Cherry Math. Yeah. Two plus two equals five. (laughs) Smart with
0: math, but stupid with love. Oh, I saw Mean Girls the Musical, by the way. Did you love it? I really, I liked it a lot better than I thought I would. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd recommend. So. Thanks. If anybody wanted my review, it's approved by me.
1: For the next scene, I stepped out to make myself some meatballs, but I noticed the oh Apple Whites were sitting my together. God.
0: You can pause it.
1: I know I didn't want to. I didn't have a lot of time, so I had to like get the episode done. Okay. So my note is that the Apple Whites are having a creepy, quiet dinner. They're freaks.
0: Like, they're having dinner, and there's banging, banging, banging. <laughs> and then um, the apple white son, Matthew, he goes, and he opens the door to the basement. And he goes,
1: hey, no, <laughs> oh
0: God. He goes, I'm backing away from the mic. Hey, stop. <laughs> oh! stop it stop right now (laughs) and then he goes back and he just casually sits back at dinner and betty applewhite is like i told you not to speak to him that's part of his punishment and then matthew goes well we we have to hear that what about us and she goes that's part of mine
1: i hate that they're they are freaks (laughs) they are freaks there's something so sinister about their storyline and you know um obviously we we have uncovered what has happened with the young family but even (laughs) maybe it's because we just love paul young so much but even (gasps) dissecting the young storyline it it wasn't quite this sinister it was just creepy a
0: lot of the reviews I remember reading from this season over the years was that it was just very lackluster versus yeah. season one. And I never saw that, but I wasn't like thinking about it too critically. I was like, I just it all like melted my brain. But now I kind of get it because like when you start with the young family, you have amazing Paul Young who you just want to root for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like so far, there I don't want to be rooting for the Apple Whites.
1: Right, right. And like, I, don't know I want, to, about want to root for them, but I don't.
0: Exactly.
1: It's like we just, they
0: just kind of appear. And it's like, if you're holding somebody hostage in your, um, in your basement, why are you, why are you moving to a neighborhood? You could literally get a house in the woods. Real. Yeah. Like you just, that's not the place to go.
1: <laughs> Wisteria Lane is not the place to go. It's not the place to go.
0: Okay. And then we get to, uh, we get back to Carlos and Gabby in the jail.
1: He's spiraling. (laughs) Carlos is spiraling because (laughs) one of the fellow inmates is threatening him and he's trying to extort $7,000 from, I thought the funniest part of this whole scene was when Gabby was like, you went to college on an athletic scholarship. And Carlos was like, yeah, for golf. (laughs) (laughs) And also she's
0: like, how do you even know you're rich? And he goes, because you were yelling, you're a rich man, you're a rich man. <laughs> but it's like, okay, this has to be like a minimum security prison. So why isn't there, like, shouldn't the guards be handling this?
1: The Fairview Maximum Security prison is crazy.
0: No, minimum security. They wouldn't put a a white-collar man who just, like, indirectly did slave labor in maximum security.
1: Well, he also beat up two gay men.
0: I know a lot about the prison system because I watched Orange is the New Black.
1: And because you were on a jury once.
0: Oh, I also was on a jury, yes. Um, If you guys want to know about my time on jury duty, please subscribe to the Patreon. (laughs) Um, I forgot about that. But I don't know. I feel like the guards could have done more, but we know prisons
1: are corrupt. Real. (laughs) (sighs) You know who we see next? Mike
0: Delfino.
1: Mike Delfino. I have a.
0: No, you don't understand that I have a whole Mike Delfino song to Karina Barana that I came up with in 12th grade that I'm waiting for season eight. I'm excited yeah that's gonna be awesome keep listening you guys <laughs> I sure will I'm not gonna release it yet but that's that's a little bit <laughs> Mike Delfino. <laughs> that's all you get for now
1: <laughs> I can't wait for us to drop your your single on the merch like the cd <laughs> of your Mike Delfino single on the merch <laughs> merch is live by the way I know we said that before but it's true it's it's gonna be linked in the episode description
0: they're so excited! Please buy our merch. We need to pay. Our, we need to feed our cats. Please, <laughs> please, please,
1: please, please buy our merch, please. Okay, what well, is Mike? <laughs>
0: wait, why don't we have um Mike Delfino merch out? We
1: do,
0: we do. Yeah, we have a Mike candle.
1: Possibly.
0: Oh right, but there's I feel more like to come for Mike. Mike
1: shirt. Yeah, we, okay, we have a lot.
0: What is Mike Delfino up to?
1: Mike still loves Susan. He loves Susan he so loves much. He loves Susan. And he's like, That's basically hey. basically my note.
0: I need my pants. And she's like, okay. And he's basically like, we should still be together. He's like, what are, Susan, what are we? What are we? What a flip from last season. I know. And Susan <laughs> was begging to talk to him.
1: I hate Susan sometimes. She upset me. It's like,
0: we don't even know where Zach is. Like, come on. You're self-sabotage. She loves to self-sabotage. Self-sabotage Susan. Yep.
1: Aren't you a little self-sabotage Susan? Aren't you just a little self-sab-subie? Subie. Wait. (laughs) A a self-sab-susie. Self-sab-subie. Wait. (laughs) I will get this self-sab suzy self-sab suzy self-sab suzy <laughs> self-sab suzy we're gonna title this episode self-sab suzy
0: <laughs> <laughs> susan sells sabotage by the seashore <laughs> um yeah so then he kisses her and she like Shoves him away. And I'm like, come on. She's so
1: dramatic.
0: Girl, come on. Um, Then we get back to Phyllis. I got so annoyed every time Phyllis was on my screen. Bring back Rex. Bring back Rex. (laughs) And she saw me. Stop showing me your tears. I get it, you cry. Um. So Phyllis is sobbing to everybody on the phone, and um and Bree said something really funny. She's like, she's just over it. She does not like to show her emotion, and she's like, Phyllis, give it a break. Even Italians take a break every once in a while. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was funny. That was very funny. Um... But Bree needs consoling too, and she's not getting it from anywhere because Mama Rex. Just sucks up all the air out of the room.
0: All the air out of the room. It's infuriating. I said grieving power dynamic. I don't know why I wrote that.
1: Yeah, I I get why you did. And anybody yeah. who watched the episode will understand that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, 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 okay, wait. And I also said that she's like, okay, so Phil calls her stoic to the point of being cold. And she goes, I wonder if you actually mourn Rex. That's what I meant. So she's just like... Because she's grieving mm. this way, and Bree is grieving this way. She's like, goes, I loved him more than you did, which is really crazy. It's like but Bree can't afford filled.
1: to – yeah, well she, well, she can't afford to let go the way that Phyllis has.
0: Yeah, like she used to run a household.
1: Yes, she has stuff to do. She still has her two kids who aren't around, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen them. I guess they're holed up in their rooms. <laughs> I wonder if Justin's still that, around. I guess we'll find out. I know. Miss him.
1: Yeah, just, Justin and Andrew forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why the way you said that was so Okay, funny. so... <laughs> so in the next scene, Gabby shows up at this old abandoned house. It's giving trailer park... And she knocks on the door and this woman shows up and uh, Gabby hands over the envelope with $7,000. And she's like, oh, well, you know, our husbands are in the prison together. And the girl's like, he's not my husband. Oh, okay. Sorry, my mistake. He wanted you to have this. And this girl gets so mad. She throws the money down and she ices Gabby out for a moment before coming back and being like, Tell me, what do you think of my breasts?
0: And when she walks away for a second, Gabby just starts collecting all the money on the ground. And there's like an older woman yeah. on the steps. She goes, don't you even think about it? <laughs> yeah, and she comes back and she goes, uh, they're nice. And then, and then, uh, what's her name? Rita. Rita then tells her that Richie has been begging her to get a boob job and she doesn't want one. And he said if he came if he came up with the money. She said if he came up with the money, she'll get one. And now she's upset that he did. And Gabby goes, "Your body, your choice." Yup. So I said think this that. was, and then she rips the money right out of her hands. And I think she was protecting this girl. Like her selfishness, self selfishness was very selfless. Yes.
1: I Cody, if you're.
0: Ning, that's a selfless woman. <laughs>
1: that's a, that's not the worst person on Wisteria Lane.
0: She's amazing. Um but yeah, basically I said she's fe- feminist of the week. And And speaking um, of
1: an excellent Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no,
0: no. That's all. That's it.
1: Speaking of an excellent display of feminism. <laughs> Lynette gets home. <laughs> it's late. It's messy. Guess who is lying down in bed? <laughs> Tom, guess who has not cleaned, whose system is not working?
0: Tom. Tom.
1: And Lynette starts to talk to him about it. And of course, Tom takes everything personally. And this was my favorite quote of the whole scene. Lynette goes, why are you fighting so hard to sleep on baby vomit? (laughs) (laughs) And then she starts
0: beating him with a pillow.
1: As she should.
0: Like angrily, like. Felicity Huffman, where was your Emmy for this episode? Like, she's so angry and she's literally beating him up. And then she goes to sleep on the couch where she sees a commercial about a rat or a TV show about a rat or something. And then in the next scene, she bought a rat to let it loose in the house.
1: Which was honestly just genius.
0: I'd say otherwise. What we see later. No,
1: I thought it was a great move. I
0: guess I don't know. I think she could could have gotten some cockroaches or something instead of a rat.
1: That's worse.
0: Exactly.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, but like, why? Okay, but you know how hard roaches are to get. Yeah, like, I would never, I would never take a roach over a rat. I would rather have a rat.
0: But then she killed think... it. He kills it later.
1: <sighs> I know it's that upset sad. me. I okay, know, me um, but we'll we'll
0: get there. We'll get there. So Susan goes over to Betty Applewhite and she's like, Hey, um, there's a lot of banging noises coming from your house. And Betty is like, Oh, um, I don't, I don't really notice it. Oh, it must be Matt. Like she's explaining that it's Matthew doing something. And as she's saying that Matthew walks up and into the house. So they're suspicious.
1: Obviously it can't be him if he's not even in the house.
0: Yeah, so Susan's like, hmm, that's odd. Again, if you don't want people to hear banging, go live in the woods. Go to Vermont and get a house far away from everybody else.
1: I'm sure you could point them in the direction to go.
0: I very well could. Actually, I couldn't. I don't know my Vermont geography. Bert took it out of my brain. Anyway...
1: Next we see Brie and Mama Rex having either lunch or dinner. We can't really tell, but they're at this nice restaurant and Lynette happens to show up. So she goes over to them and Lynette is specifically talking to Brie and who cannot help but put on the waterworks and and her most dramatic display of aggravation and grief, but Mama Rex. And Brie takes a moment, goes over to Phyllis and smacks her across the face. And Lynette's just, just standing down. there, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's painfully awkward for Lynette. I just noticed
0: Phyllis's makeup was really weird in this scene.
1: Oh, like, really? Her I face didn't notice. did not match
0: her neck. Like, it was two different colors.
1: Well,
0: when she was like was sit- the early 2000s. sitting there in shock that Brie had just slapped her. <laughs> um, <laughs> she goes for god's sakes phyllis and just whew. i feel like that was very us you think so yeah a little yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um my god we, you are a girl pull yourself together literally
0: uh and then we get to the doctor is telling the insurance agent guy um hey, like, I've known Bree and Rex for 20 years. I've known them to be nothing but a happy couple. But I saw this note, and it was the note that Rex was writing as he was dying. Bree, I understand, and I forgive you. So they're like, this is a little bit shady, and I don't know why. Like, the doctor, come on. Just crumple it. Like, like, what does this have to do with you? And also, it's I think it's weird that an insurance company is digging around. I think I they said know. it in the last scene. It's because the death was so sudden. They have to, like <sighs> – but he had a heart attack, and he had a history of heart problems. So why is that sudden?
1: It j- that's probably the reason he went into cardiology to begin with.
0: Yeah, he probably had a bunch of heart issues and wanted to solve it himself. But he couldn't because yep. he wasn't that good of a doctor if he couldn't realize that he was being given Rex. the wrong pills. but Whatever.
1: And then, Christy, who pulls up to Bree's house while she's gardening the next day?
0: <sighs> George... I audibly went, oh, no. (laughs) And he goes, I'm here to kidnap you.
1: Like, that's not funny, George. When you're creepy, that's not funny. No, it was really, really scary. And then he was like,
0: I'll do anything you want to do. I'll take you to lunch. I'll take you bowling, whatever you want. And then she gives him a hug. And that's, for some reason, feels safe enough in front of him to cry. So she did. I only have... Guess who's watching?
1: The insurance agent. Phyllis. Oh, Phyllis, yeah. Phyllis is
0: watching (laughs) through the window.
1: I'm skipping ahead. (laughs) For some reason, I only have one note for this scene and it says Roger Bart is a national treasure. So we're back at the jail, naturally. Carlos has a black eye. (laughs) (laughs) And he's gotten beaten up. You know what, it's about time
0: i think he deserved it yeah for gays everywhere and um slaves in leos and women yeah he deserved to be beat up
1: this was his retribution <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: gabby explains what happened gabby i love when you say Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> Gabby explains what happened when she went to go give the money to Rita and Carlos tells her to go back and make her take the money and make her get the boob. Are you kidding? Make her get a boob job? Well, he messed with her
0: medicine. He doesn't care about a woman's body.
1: That's right. That's right. So she's,
0: she's a champion for women. She's like, absolutely not. I am not going to give her that money. So she gets a boob job she doesn't want. And then she flips it around and she goes, well, I think I need to be signing these checks or you're going to keep getting beat up.
1: Carlos, no respect, Solis.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then yeah. he agrees. He's like, okay, I'll put you back on the account. But why would the bank even allow and that then, I for somebody if- to be in jail and be the sole proprietor of a bank account?
1: that's a great question yeah goes unanswered obviously (laughs) i don't know if you noticed this but the next scene was very summer and christy coated
0: yes it was and i know exactly what you're talking about
1: (laughs) why don't you take it
0: well for some reason Edie's roller skating and that was my first clue (laughs) i was like why is she just randomly on roller skates and she goes up to susan and she goes hey susan Heard you, found out about me and Carl. And Susan's like, I honestly don't care. And wait, did we skip a scene? Oh, no. Carl, she, Carl talks to her after again. Okay, never mind. Um, so Edie's like, I, I heard you found out about me and Carl. And she's like, yeah, I don't care. And she just keeps, Edie's like upset. She doesn't care. So she just keeps egging her on. And cause she just likes to have a little fight and Susan's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. And then, um, Edie goes, he told me it was the best sex he's ever had. And that sets Susan off a little bit. So then she goes, so then she goes, oh, well, the day that you guys started dating, he told me he still loves me. And then she drives off and that sets Edie off. So Susan's just driving, la 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 la. I'm pretty sure that's through Burbank, and um, and she just sees Edie in her rear view mirror, like, and Edie like grabs onto the car. Susan's threatening to accelerate. Edie's like, if you do it, I'm gonna key your car, and they have this whole altercation. Edie backs off, and then. Susan hits her with her car. That's two.
1: I know, I was about to say, is that the second one?
0: (laughs) Yes, it's not the second mention, but I think that's the second one.
1: Second one in two seasons. I love them fighting. Uh, I will say when Susan hit Edie with her car, I just, I sighed. Me too.
0: (laughs) But like, why are you roller skating, Edie? She just doesn't strike me as the roller skating type.
1: No, I feel like she's got a variety of interesting hobbies we don't know much about.
0: I guess, but it was just her little roller skates and her little pigtails.
1: She looked so cute.
0: I know. You want to take the next scene?
1: So Carl goes over to Susan's and tells her that Edie's tibia is shattered. And...
0: Like, wait, hold on. Not only does Susan burn down this woman's house (laughs) a a year ago, allegedly, but now she hits her with a car (laughs) and breaks her tibia and she won't allow her just to be happy with a man she doesn't even
1: love anymore. Like, come on, leave her alone. What is the appropriate punishment? You're a child who hits burned. a woman. <laughs> Runs over a woman. Runs over a woman. You've burned her
0: house and broken her back. Let her live.
1: Uh, the tibia is not in the back. Well, <laughs> I don't know where the fine. tibia is. <laughs> Christy's never been in a science class. Don't you remember doing the bone dance? You dance and you learn it again and again till we get All I know is the bone right. dance. I was not. I,
0: first of all, um... I had terrible science teachers in high school, so um,
1: if any of you guys are listening, I
0: learned nothing from you people.
1: That episode lives rent-free in my mind.
0: Same, that's all I could think about when you said, but she just goes, where's the tibia? Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They made an attempt to teach us. I didn't learn anything. So Susan starts spiraling naturally because Carl wants to live with Edie. They've talked about moving in together. And I actually really liked this scene and just like the heart to heart between Carl and Susan. We know Carl can be kind of a jerk, um, but it was nice to see his more human side and not just him taunting Susan for the sake of it, like actually explaining his feelings.
0: I said this is around when they, they kind of start to lighten Carl up a little bit and make him a little bit more goofier and more likable because i love him as a character i think he's so fun the first couple episodes he's just horrible but after that i love i love carl and they have terry hatcher has chemistry with every single man on (laughs) wisteria Lane. like every (laughs) single one paul mike obviously carl like i don't know what it bill Every single one. I'm like, oh my God, they should be together. Like I started rooting for her and Carl again.
1: No, I love Susan and Paul. Like, can we just talk about Susan and Paul for a little while? I just,
0: I want Mark Moses on the podcast because I want to know if that was a storyline that they then threw out.
1: I certainly hope so. I just feel like in another life. (laughs) we we recycle through like three songs on this podcast
0: (laughs) we should put together the we're going to tell playlist oh we're going to i'm gonna make a we're going to tell spotify playlist
1: okay amazing songs
0: of the pod
1: yeah and that's gonna drop with this episode we're going to sing like something like that
0: okay i'll do that i'll i'll work on it Okay, do you wanna, uh, you take the next scene because this made me uh, very upset.
1: Yeah, of course. So Lynette gets home to Parker greeting her about the rat that they've found in the house. And Tom has, Lynette obviously has to act surprised. (laughs) So she gets in there and the house is spotless. Um, Tom's like, oh, you heard about the rat. Christy, I don't know if you noticed this, but Tom reminded me so much of Ken in this scene.
0: Ken as in Ken and Barbie. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, Barbie and Ken.
0: Yeah. Um Tom is
1: very Ken. Tom's very Ken coded and yeah, he explains that, you know, everything's clean now. And he admits that his system was not working and he killed the rat.
0: This like and deeply, Lynette, I, I didn't like this. I'm sorry. I can't de- I hate it when animals die, even if it's like just I for a rat, it was just for comedic, but I did not like it. Did not enjoy it. I know it made, too, it made me upset too. And Yeah
1: stop touching your table oh my god I'm putting my
0: phone back on the table I can't believe how sensitive this mic is I've been am using is. the newer one.
1: Oh. and so Lynette feels bad about the rat's death she goes out to take out the garbage and she gives a little a little send-off to the rat and she's like you saved my marriage I tell you I was waiting for the rat to like jump out and get her in the jugular I wish
0: it did. I wish it had been alive. That would have been nice. It would have been funnier. But whatever. Mark Cherry, I don't like killing animals for comedic effect. I don't think it's funny. We're going to write a strongly
1: worded letter. One thing I
0: care about on this earth. Anyway. Then the next is um, Betty at therapy with... um, Just at therapy. I'm thinking about Rex and Breeze therapy and she's talking about her abusive marriage. We learn a little bit about her and insinuates that her abusive husband killed their son. Spooky.
1: Very spooky.
0: Yeah, my thing with this is she just doesn't feel very attached to any of the women mm. right now. So I think it, I think that could have come out in a better way rather than just having her alone at therapy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, they could have done something else with that.
1: We haven't seen her connect to any of them beyond just like, hey, hi, like a quick thing.
0: Exactly, like she just feels very disconnected from the rest of the show. So I just, that didn't really have an effect on me at all. I was just like, okay, we don't really know you yet, so. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with that information?
1: And then (sighs) we've got Bree, who's getting ready to go see Rex's lawyer. And... As she's leaving, Phyllis has a list, and she's checking names off the list, and one of them is the name of the insurance agent, whom she calls and says, did you know that my daughter-in-law has a boyfriend?
0: That's a crazy thing to do. It's like, you guys are family. You also don't know the situation. That could be a gay she's hugging.
1: Yes. Like, you don't know. And you know what? it really could be (laughs) (laughs) like that could be her like that could be her gay like that could be her cousin that could
0: be her cousin that could be literally anybody so for her to call the insurance company which is such a serious claim like you do not insurance companies are sniff sniff like they will take any opportunity not to give you money so hmm. bad 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 mama rex um, I, she would she would have loved Mama Solis.
1: We get Sophie in there too. I don't think Sophie would have liked them. Sophie would have been like, "Oh,
0: Susie Q, I can't <laughs> hang out with these old ladies. Oh, they're so old, and I'm just a little bitty
1: girl. I'm a young mother. They're what does that sound like, your mom?" <laughs> <gasps>
0: Um, and then we get to a montage. Mary Alice is just talking about control. And we the last shot is of Brie and George hugging. And the insurance guy is taking photos of them. Dun, dun, dun. That's it. Yeah. Great episode. I just feel like it's not – we went through it so fast because it's just not as exciting as previous ones.
1: Yeah, just not as much stuff happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, oh, well, anyway, guys, buy our merch, join our Patreon.
1: <laughs> buy our merch
0: or else. Literally or else. Send us photos of you wearing the merch when you get it. Um, <gasps> Wait, I just realized what we should
1: have called the merch shop.
0: What? We're going to sell? We're going to sell. <gasps> Change it right now. Yep. yep. We're going to sell. Um, We're going to sell. Okay. Patreon. Once summer figures it out, they will be up. If you have any advice, let us know. Um links are in the description box. And until then, we know what you did.
1: It makes us so sick. We're
0: going, going to, to sell. 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 Y'all come and back now. Y'all fear. come back. <laughs> 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 Oh, come back now.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> only bye. three people get it. Not yet. Ah.